Hi, this is Nayetta. Hi, this is Tiffany. And welcome to The The Help Help Show. Welcome back, folks. And thank you for tuning in to our second series, The Year of the Arts. This month for our fourth episode for April, we kick off another year spreading awareness about autism and how people on the spectrum can benefit from artistic experience. Doesn't matter if you see the world in a different way. Did you know, according to Forbes.com researchers, they show three distinct thought styles in people with autism, which are visual thinkers, verbal specialists, and pattern thinkers. Also, did you know, according to Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is DSM-5, Autistic Spectrums Disorder is a group of alterations which appear between 12 and 14 months of age and is characterized by social interaction and communication problems in respective behavior. This month, the podcast is sponsored by Hi, my name is Aaron August. My Allstate agency is the Augustine Insurance Agency, located in Addison, Texas. My favorite part about being an Allstate agency owner, caring for others, assisting people and growing, and establishing relationships with customers. I get involved in my local community by volunteering at MetroCrest Services, by assisting in the food pantry, and delivering meals to those in need. My staff and I are here to help you make smart decisions to protect what matters to you most. Come visit our agency at 3939 Beltline Road, Suite 275, in Well, this month was really interesting. Autism Awareness Month is in April, and it's kind of sad to think that people still don't really know what it is. That is sad. It's super sad. Like, we, this is, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. And people are not aware or don't understand autism? I'm going to say shame on them. I'm sorry. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I know you won't judge, judge not, but you know. I'm not judging, but come on. We have all the technology we have in the world. Mm-hmm. Come on, this should be no excuse. We wouldn't have it if it weren't for people with autism. autism. Most definitely. <laughs> they have created a lot of inventions people don't even know about. Mm-hmm. They're so, they're such amazing people. Such amazing people. Well, when did you first learn about autism or like what it was? Well, um... It's like, it's kind of foggy because I don't kind of remember because I knew about it, but I didn't know about it. You get that? Like, mm-hmm. I, my nephew has autism. And so I knew about it, but I didn't really know about it. And what I mean by that, like, you know, the word autism or on the spectrum, but you don't know the characteristics and what a parent has to go through mm-hmm. or their behavior or different signs of a a child, or even an adult with autism. And so, um, me first learning about autism, I'm going to say 10 years ago. Okay. And, but I I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not gonna say, I didn't even think it was a bad thing. I thought it was just a different, because when someone is your, when someone is related to you, you, I, I'm not going to say my nephew's bad, you know, or that's awful. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's just a little different. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, I learned about it about 10 years ago. What about you? Well, it's kind of the same thing where I knew it was something, but I didn't, I didn't like research it until after I had interactions. When I was a teen... I did a lot of volunteer work. I worked with the YMCA in downtown Dallas uh, because I was in this youth program. I had to earn my keep. 
So I volunteered at the Earn your camp. keep, girl. Yes, <laughs> I volunteered at the spring camps and summer camps, uh, you know, with the little kids. And, and I was with some little boys. And there was one little boy that was just a little different. And, you know, he was real quiet. And hmm. just, and, and the, you know, the leader was like, oh, okay, he has autism. I'm like, uh, okay. Because, I mean, I didn't use the R word or any kind of derogatory term. It's like, he's not, you know, intellectually disabled. He's right. just a little socially you know different and i was right. i thought i was gonna be a psychologist already i was like 14 15 so oh you okay of course and there was no google yet oh what, so i had to go pick up i think an like encyclopedia or something and look it up did they even make those anymore they, <laughs> i mean not anymore back in 19, 2001 they had them and so uh, after that i mean it, it didn't really become a real part of my life until i started studying psychology in college but but yeah i guess i'll say 14 or 15 just dealing with different kids in the community and mm-hmm. um it's like okay he's not what you know the stereotypes are of someone with with intellectual disabilities he's a little bit different so, mm-hmm. um but yeah so i guess 2015 i don't know how old i am half my life ago okay <laughs> you, you know how old you are i don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well um Seeing that we've we've been aware of autism for a, a while, uh, what would you say is one of the most surprising things you've learned about it? How their memory, memory. Oh my goodness! Like they have amazing memory. Mm-hmm. So when they're repeating things three things, whatever regurgitating or repeating something three times be careful watch out <laughs> okay they because remember. they they gonna remember your whole life <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't even know they're a good example i got these examples girl my my sister told me um one time she had got locked out of her, her um, iphone mm. her ipad and my nephew remembered remembered the past oh he's 10 now happened about when he was eight a year ago. Mm-hmm. I would have forgot about that part. I would have thought of, forgot about that um, passcode. Like, the things that he remembers, mm-hmm. I'm like, how does he do it? <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm just like... It, you can't remember what you had for breakfast. Who are you telling? Was it eggs or was it bacon? <laughs> or was it a smoothie? I'm just, but, or all people. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> but their memory, what intrigues me the most... Mm-hmm. I would say another way, I guess it surprises me or what's been surprising about it is just how much variety. It's it's beautiful in its own way is that everyone's like a little snowflake and right. everyone's autism is different. Right. And of course, you say everyone's unique, everyone's special. But no, they're, but they're really special. Their creativity is, is amazing. Creativity, their intelligence, uh, the way they navigate the world, and it really... How much more, how much greater their quality of life can be with the right people in their life. Because everybody needs people, but if they have the right people in their life, you just, you just never know what, what could come of it. They can right. be your, your Steve Jobs, your Bill yeah. Gates, your Einsteins. Right. You know, a lot of the people that we, we have is... Stephen Wilkshires. <laughs> okay, well, Stephen Wilkshire. Stephen Wilkshire. Oh, there she goes. Wilkshire. Oh, my God. He's British. She's going to say it right. Okay, say it right. Yes, her accent is horrible. Oh, my God. I'm I think text. mine's horrible, but mine's not horrible. None. <laughs> really? Oh, she's, she's mocking me. Really? Oh, my goodness. Okay, but Stephen was featured on one of our Instagram posts, which you guys need to check, check out. out most definitely. They yes. are awesome and 
well written and they have lots of great information. But Steven is on the spectrum. He's an adult. Right. And he does these amazing panoramic and cityscapes yes. from memory. He doesn't use he doesn't use a photograph. They put him in a helicopter hold or he on. walks around. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But check this out. 20 minutes. 45 minutes to match. It doesn't take him long to get the picture. It's it, literally, he's, he's, his mind is a camera. 20, 20 minutes, like, of a whole city in detail. Mm-hmm. And streets, street lights, people walking. Si- yeah, signs. The reflection of the light on the sun, because yes. you can tell what time of day it is. Like, it's amazing work. Oh, my goodness. And he's based in the UK. Yes. And he's he's a little, um, little mobile. He, well, not little. He's a big he's mobile. He's a big mobile, yes. His, his website is well done. And yes. if you ever go to London, which, I mean, if you go, you know, me and Ayala would love to come with you. Yeah, thank you. Can you please get two tickets? Appreciate you. Please, <laughs> first class, please. Um, but... He has a gallery you can visit for free and you yes. can buy any of his um his art. You can make it has prints and books and I mean cups, um, cups coffee cups, yeah. Probably yes. keychains. That's probably all I could afford is a keychain. Key, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> this man is amazing. And if you get a chance, you know, get on your Googles and your YouTubes and just watch him. And they, they do it in uh, time elapse, so it goes really fast and it's like right. Wow. You know, you're amazed the entire time. But yeah, yeah I, I, that was one of my favorite posts. Uh, and I like to say Wilkshire. 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 Uh, Wilkshire. Wilkshire. <laughs> but you guys, if you want to check out his um, his website, it is S-T-E-P-H-E-N-W-I-L-T-S-H-I-R-E dot C-O dot U-K. So basically it's his first and last name dot co.uk check it out so amazing get you you know get you some cups now they the, the prices are in pounds so you go uh you go uh translate that to, to dollars hold on, hold on. but a lot to pounds <laughs> no, no, five, five pounds is not a lot no, hold on, what is okay, it? I'm going to stop. This is really bad. I apologize <laughs> to anybody who's from uh, England, London, the UK, any of the United Kingdoms. My bad. You're fired. No! <laughs> hey, well, I'm still not as bad as yours. Don't drag me. Anyway, <laughs> but another um, thing we saw that was really cool. That Sesame Street. Sesame Street, one of my favorite shows yeah. in the world. Yeah, Mine's too. I watch it as a kid. I watch it. I, period. You said I watch it now. I'm not ashamed. I have a I have a nephew who is six, and he will watch it with me. That's her excuse. <laughs> I'm just like I need my siblings to have more kids so I can have an excuse to watch kid things. <laughs> but her name is Julia, and she's on the spectrum. She's so adorable. She's so cute. She is. Oh my goodness. And she just reminds me of so many kids I've worked with in the yeah. past. Like, you can see how sweet her spirit is, yes. even in Muppet, puppet form, right? Most definitely. And and they do a really great job of explaining her behaviors to Big Bird. Because Big Bird, you know, he's the extrovert friendly. Mm-hmm. He might come in a little hot for a kid on the spectrum. Like, oh, no, Mr. Bird, I don't know you. Yeah. And so she ignores him a little bit. <laughs> she, that was funny. His feelings were hurt. He was in his feelings. He was like, she don't she like me. She did a swerve. It was a swerve <laughs> real quick. She's like, I'm going over here now. And um, oh, Julia's a great artist. Yeah. Oh, we laughed our heads off. Oh my Watch the video. Okay, you. Th- okay, so I let me tell it. No, you can tell it. No, tell the story. Tell the oh story. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's so funny. So please watch the her meet Julia video. It's about ten minutes. But it's Elmo and the little fairy, Abby Kadabby, and they're drawing pictures with their teacher, and 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 Julia's in it. She's just focusing, and Big Bird's trying 
to say hi. And, she's and then they show the pictures. You know, Elmo's got his little little picture. And Abby's yeah. got her little picture. And they look like pictures of a three or four-year-old. They show Julia. Julia got an anatomically correct rabbit <laughs> with wings. And this beautiful, like, like sunset. And we just laughed. It's so it was like, weird. it's so amazing. And it was like... Wow. <laughs> like, that's all you can say. But that's a great representation of, like, the amount I, of skill and, and talent that you can find. I totally think so. <laughs> that was hilarious. That you know, made me And laugh. she had a little stuffed rabbit, so that's why she was, you know, good at rabbits. Right. So, um, but yes, please watch the video for her. And I think I'm going to watch her more on YouTube when I get some chance. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, I got to feed my inner child. She needs to be fed. Oh, feed her, feed her, feed her. Okay, but yes. Um, yeah, please check out the post. Follow us on Instagram at The Help Show. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, guys, um, this month we had, we did a two-part um, series because the interviews that we did have were so amazing, so much information. We just couldn't like cut it down. There was no way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it would never been it wouldn't benefit anyone. Right. You and so some good stuff. on some real great stuff. And so what we did, we did a two part series. And so our first our first part one is with Courtney Miss Courtney Willis, and she's a speech and language pathologist. And so she speaks very passionately about the spectrum and. And how she's been doing it, what, 10 years? Mm -hmm. But the way that she speaks about those that are on the spectrum is so beautiful. We want you guys to please enjoy and stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is Tiffany from The Health Show, and I have a wonderful guest for us today, and she's going to introduce herself. So would you introduce yourself for the people? Sure, sure. My name is Courtney Willis. I am a speech and language pathologist who specializes in autism. Uh, I own Speech Wings Therapy, um, which provides speech and communication therapy for individuals with disorders like autism, apraxia, expressive and receptive language delays, articulation disorders, and just about everything in between. Um, I also have a, a autism resource website called UpgradeAutism.com, and uh, I've been working with individuals on the autism spectrum for a very long time, uh, over a decade, and it's what I love to do and just about my favorite thing on earth to talk about. So I'm excited to to talk to everybody about autism. All right. Wow. So you, you definitely address autism from a lot of different perspectives, but tell us how you got into this field. You, you talk about your passion. How'd you get there? Well, I actually was in uh, school to be an oral surgeon, and I was a double major in biology and chemistry, and um, at some point, I just was like, okay, this is not what I want to do, but I loved neuroscience, and a lot of people don't know that, um, you know, speech pathology is a behavioral and brain science, and so we have to to learn neuroscience. Uh, We're not just a speech teacher. Um, and so the therapy that we do, although it may look like we're playing with your kid, that is evidence-based practice in, in neuroscience. Um, and autism spectrum disorder is one of the things that falls under our scope of practice. And um, that's kind of what, what excited me. Um, and I guess growing up, my, my dad was an anthropologist. And so he had read this book by um, a famous psychologist, Oliver Sacks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, anthropologist on Mars, and that yes. was when everybody learned about Temple Grandin. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I was probably like the only like seven or eight year old who knew about Temple Grandin. <laughs> um, like I knew about Temple Grandin way before the HBO movie and everything else. And then there was this girl who lived in my neighborhood, and um, and she had autism, and she was fascinating. And my mom ended up working as her aide. And then one of my mom's best friends was a speech pathologist, and her youngest daughter was, it has autism. She's on the autism spectrum disorder. She, um, you know, so I, it just seems like, uh, you know, everywhere I turned in my life, there was autism. And, and right. so I, I was constantly fascinated and interested by it. And, and then, you know, I got into the neuroscience of it and then got a chance to study under some really amazing, uh, talented you know, people who are who are some of the best in the world at this, and it was such a such a great opportunity, and and just only further fueled my passion and and added to my fascination with the whole deal. That's so amazing. So that's how you know, I got into you it. take those. Yeah, how you take those personal experiences, just your everyday life as a child, and how eventually the path leads you back to that in, in your professional yeah. life. It's amazing. Okay, so yeah. tell us about your organizations, both the the one you work for as a speech pathologist and also your website. Okay. Uh, so I, I own a, a speech therapy uh, company, and I've got, a, I've got a clinic where the kids come in. Um, typically, I start treating kids anywhere from 18 months all the way up through 18, but um, there are also so few resources for uh, adults with autism or autistic mm. adults. Um, depending on, you know, what, what you prefer. Some people prefer people with autism, but then some people on the autism spectrum say, no, that's part of my identity. Call me autistic. So I say whatever is however I'm going to address it. Um, But uh, I do have some actual adult patients as well, because there, there aren't very many resources, uh, even in a big city like Dallas for adults on the autism spectrum. So if somebody's desperate, I'll help them. Okay. And, I mean, that's, that's great you're, that you're open to do that, but it also just shows kind of the perspective of how we're treating autism throughout the lifetime, how, you know, it's seen as a child's problem when it's a, you know, it's a developmental issue. It goes throughout the lifespan. So it's well, great that you're open to having people, helping people. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, when somebody comes in as an adult on the spectrum, it's it's not really therapy for them. It's more um, teaching them how to deal with us and our inability to cope with anything that is is different from us. Uh, right. and, and a lot of the solution to autism is that society as a whole needs to be more accepting of neurodiversity because yes. autism has been around since the dawn of time. If we didn't have autism, uh, we would not, uh, we wouldn't, we would be in the dark ages. There would be no light bulbs because there would be no Thomas Edison. There would be no Declaration of Independence or Constitution because there would have been no Thomas Jefferson. There would be no theory of relativity there because there would have been no Einstein. There, we wouldn't be on these iPhones because there would be no Steve Jobs. Um, exactly. There would be no computers because there would be no Bill Gates. There would be no uh, atomic or radioactive, uh, you know, elements or, or power because there would be no Marie Curie. There would be no Nikola Tesla. Um, you know, there would be no Temple Grandin. There would be no Anthony Hopkins. There would be no Dan Aykroyd. There would be no Daryl Hannah. All of those people are on the autism spectrum. 
So these people right. are necessary in our society. This isn't something we need to cure. This is something right. that, uh, you know, we need to teach the, you know, we need to be accepting of. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a very large movement in the autism community uh, to do away with the Autism Awareness Month. Because mm. anybody who harms a child on the autism spectrum, you know, all of those horror stories that you hear about those parents that take their own life and take the life of their child with autism. Every single one of those parents was very aware that their child was on the autism spectrum. What they weren't was accepting of the fact that their child had autism spectrum disorder. Yes. Yes, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, Back in my developmental psych program, we we had a um, just a, a student affinity group about neurodiversity, and, and it was it was just starting, and, and it was great to see you know young adults really being passionate about it. Some people were on the spectrum, spectrum, some weren't, some were ADHD, and so just being able to accept all this different diversity. We do yeah. it with gender, we do it with sexuality. Why not exactly. our brains? That's the one thing that you really can't tell apart when you don't see. Well, you yeah. look beyond the skin, you know. Right. So that's and awesome. In some, yeah, in some, in a lot of cases, when you have different wiring, that is an advantage in a lot of yes. cases. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay, so so you have your practice, and then tell me about uh, upgrade. Oh, yeah. Is it upgrade autism? Sorry, I get tied. I get tied up in that, and I, I'm real passionate about it. Uh, it's okay. So, uh, uh, so I went to Africa um, to speak for World Autism Day. I think it was in. 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, and I noticed that there weren't a whole lot of, I mean, gosh, when you go to Lagos, it's one of the most densely populated cities in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know that I even counted 10 speech pathologists there. I'm sure that there are because um, obviously I did not see every single person in Lagos, Nigeria. But, I, you know, I did give a talk to around 800 people and I treated you know, like 200 kids while I was there. Um, mm. and, and I did meet a couple, but I didn't meet more than 10. And so um, I gathered from talking to the families and the doctors at the medical school and the staff that was there um, supporting us while we were doing all this stuff for World Autism Day over there, um, that they did need more resources. So um, I created a resource website for those families um, and everybody, anybody who wants resources for autism called upgradeautism.com and you know i put visual supports up there strategies for dealing with meltdowns um how to teach your kids language and communication uh through routine songs and 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 how to really um help your kid you know gain true communication and not just you know because communication is not just i want milk you know, or, right. you know, I give you this, you give me that. It's not just an exchange. It's way, right. way more than that. It's about them so, making meaning and then having, yeah. you know, having meaning in their, in their interactions with other people. Well, so yeah, that's amazing. And, and sharing that's amazing. experiences and perceptions and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. So get into the meat of who that kid is. That communication yeah. is so valuable. Excuse me. Okay, so great. So I have a good idea of, of what your day-to-day could look like. You could be whisked away to Africa helping a, a huge uh, effort or your, your everyday working with your clients. Um, so tell us about some interventions. And you mentioned a few with, um, you know, using visual um, visual objects and things like that to help communicate. But tell us about some interventions that help with communication and self-expression at different ages. So maybe like okay. a very young, early diagnosis child, maybe a 
middle school, uh, pre-adolescent type child, and, and possibly a young adult, um, you know, okay. emerging adult. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to answer this, and my answer, it, it may be a little bit different from what you, what you hear, but I'm, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to answer this as a, as a professional who's, who's had a few years experience uh, in the field and, and some of, well, it's still going to be based off of science, but um, it, it may be, it may be different from what people are typically used to hearing. So okay. typically when your kid gets an autism diagnosis, you go to the doctor and that doctor will tell you that you need 40 hours of ABA therapy a week. Um, oh, wow. And, That's and a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me spoiler alert every parent listening. If you want your kid to be socially acceptable, please don't give them a 40 hour a week job. Please um, don't. <laughs> uh, you wow. know, they, they need time to play. But the number one thing that you need to make sure that they have, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, of course, I'm saying it out of self interest, but my self interest is that I'm really interested in helping kids. And I'm interested in helping kids on the spectrum specifically because I feel like they're very misunderstood. And autism as a whole, you know, disorder is very misunderstood. Um, Mm -hmm. But your quality of life is directly connected to your ability to communicate. And your communication is judged by the quality of the perception of the person that you're communicating with. So communication is very, very complex, but it has so, it's so far reaching in terms of its effects on your life. Now, when I say communication, I don't mean that it all has to be verbal. If you are fantastic on an iPad or augmentative communication device, then that is just as good. But I encourage every parent out there before you start behavior modifications, because uh, that, that's going to give you a lot of gratification early on. You're going to say, oh, they can do a whole lot. But what you're doing is you're backloading all of that work because most kids have behavior issues, at least in the beginning, because of an mm-hmm. inability to communicate. Because when you can't communicate, that's frustrating. Right. And the flip and side is an appropriate emotion. It's, a, it's appropriate yes, to be angry when you very, can't be understood. very, very appropriate. There's nothing inappropriate about being frustrated over a lack of ability to communicate. And the mm-hmm. other thing is, is if you're modifying someone's behavior, then you are messing with their autonomy, their self-control, mm. their ability to have power over their environment. And that is what helps everybody on earth regulate themselves and be, you know, okay with the world. If you start messing with that and placing value over compliance above their social emotional well-being before they can even tell you whether or not they're hurt or something that someone is doing to them is actually causing them pain, then you're really um, walking a dangerous line in terms of post-traumatic stress disorder and and things like that. Um, yes, I, I did a, a training uh, last summer, and that was it was about IDD, intellectual disabilities, and developmental disabilities, and trauma, and the yeah. rates would, you know, 80%. devastate people that aren't in. Yeah, eighty percent have some type yeah, of it goes up. 80, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like an encyclopedia of these studies. 
Uh, oh, yes, I, so, do. I know you know, my dear. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, but that's a great uh, way to frame things because, uh, you know, people want them to be okay and want them to adapt and want them to fit in. But it's like let them be and then they'll fit in in the way that they right. need to fit in. Well, in, in the, you know, the, one of the primary deficits in autism spectrum disorder is an inability to connect socially. Well, if every interaction you have with another individual is work, is, you know, uh, what, what is, I'm sorry, this, I've got a crazy alarm that keeps going off. Um, you know, what is this? And, you know, I'll give you a cookie or whatever. If that's mm-hmm. all it is, then how are they supposed to, you know, be gratified by, you know, social interaction with other people? Um, okay, we're teaching them that it's transactional before they, they again, like you said, find the meaning right. in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but, you know, the most powerful motivation on earth is not a cookie. The most powerful motivation on earth is intrinsic motivation. So if you teach mm-hmm. them that social interaction is good and, 